just walks around Philadelphia for 30 fucking minutes of this movie. He he starts singing with you some random You say it like sh- a complaint. You say it like a complaint. <laughs> I loved it. I thought the cinematography. I finally watched. I finally watched. I finally watched. I finally watched. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David, and it uh, pains me to say, but I finally watched Rocky. And I also finally watched Rocky. I thought you had seen Rocky. No. Oh, wow. Oh, we're both losers then. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, man, the references like in pop culture and how just how the theme song has showed up in so many um just random things i was watching the gilmore girls yesterday and they were i always am um and they were playing the rocky theme song um and then like i think there was an always sunny in philadelphia with like the the staircase i mean this takes place in philly too right but um like the references to jogging up the staircase and making it up there which i think is built up so much that watching it like actually is like oh okay because <laughs> it's not like he failed the first time he did it he got up there but he was tired um but yeah i mean i don't know what is i was expecting exactly but i really liked it like it hit a bunch of notes for me that i did not expect it to hit like stallone's you watch stallone now and you're like oh it's stallone but the emotions and the subtlety that he brings into the Rocky character. Very cool. Very cool. And I, uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I um, I think one thing that was surprising to me. So this was the first, I mean, this one, Best Picture, which I, I find to be crazy. I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's unworthy, but I do think in a year of Taxi Driver, I find it crazy, right? Okay, but it is. Yeah. yeah. But it is a great movie, and I, um, you know, the first thirty minutes was like, so this guy just walks around Philadelphia all day. That's all he does is just he just walks around Philly with nothing to do. Um, well, I assume he's going to and from like either matches or um, training, or going to pretend to break people's fingers, right? Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, so he does that. And then I was like, this movie is so odd. And I mean, it does have the 1970s feel of like movies were slower and more deliberate. But then it does really pick up. And I like it makes you appreciate the beginning too. you know, going through life as a kid, seeing the pop culture references to this movie. Like, I think I've seen so many clips from Rocky, but not this one. Right. So from this one, you have him running up the stairs and you have him screaming Adrian at the end and her screaming Rocky, right? Those are the two things that I had seen like multiple times of going course. into this. Yeah. Everything else you've seen, like with, you know, Clubber Lang, Mr. T and like Drago, all that stuff is from the other movies, right? And so it's it's interesting, like in popular culture, I think two, three and four are sort of bigger now even though this was the first one and it won best picture and it was the highest grossing movie of that year. Yeah. I mean, maybe apart from two, it's probably the most capable 
like the the best movie on a technical level. I've heard two is um, some people like two better, and I can kind of see why the way that that this one kind of leaves you kind of um, <laughs> kind of like uh, how Batman Begin leaves you. So it it leaves you wanting more, and then you get the Dark Knight, right? Rocky Two is like the Dark Knight of the Rocky series. Um, so a couple of things that kind of wanted me wanted me to have us do this um this time of year christmas day by the way david merry christmas it's christmas day when this is released um so the the one thing is is i saw this quick like dissection on youtube about um a couple scenes in this movie and one of them being hey he keeps going back to the pet shop uh and for for adrian and i was like oh i didn't know that part about rocky like I didn't know, like there was this like this love story, kind of this like psychological, you know, thinker about you know this guy's loneliness, this woman's loneliness in a pet store. I was like, that's interesting. I kind of want to you know explore that. And then, um, uh, just a passing comment on on Twitter was something along the lines of Creed is the best Rocky movie out there bar none and i i've seen creed and i really like creed but then i was like i gotta watch rocky now i gotta i gotta have a compare and contrast i want to see where it all started um so yeah those are the two things that kind of made me be like we gotta do this for christmas but not really a christmas movie so uh one thing i read and i don't know if this is domestic or international i assume it's domestic uh rocky was the highest grossing movie of this year crazy which is funny i'm looking at a wikipedia article that ends in 1977 which is not fucking helpful at all <laughs> was when star what's also, wars one what's also funny is that it was probably marketed heavily as a sports boxing movie and it it barely has any of that in this uh yeah which we'll talk about but do you know the last movie to be the highest grossing movie and win best picture do you know what that is the Ooh. most recent example oh a most recent example, I oh, and win Best Picture, not just nominated. Win, yeah, because a lot. I mean, The Dark Knight was nominated, which I'm pretty sure that yeah, Dark Knight was nominated. Um, right, right. Avatar was nominated, so yeah. Man, uh, um, I'm thinking. I don't know why, but I'm thinking it has to be like an early 2000s movie. It's. I'll give you a hint. It's 2003. Oh, I was right. Okay. Oh, 2003. What the fuck one? Best picture in 2003. Titanic? That was 97, and that oh. is an example of the best picture winner winning. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you because you just guessing is taking too long. So it's 2003. It's Lord of the Rings or Return of the King. Oh, yes. Duh. Okay, of course. I forget that, that 2000 was like crazy time and they were like yeah big franchise we'll just give it best picture but this is like a very it's funny that it's happened like it twice in that like 10 year period but it's actually a very uncommon occurrence for the highest grossing and like now yeah impossible right no, it, because absolutely impossible although i think so i'm looking right now so kramer versus kramer did it only making a hundred million um so that's like yeah, I couldn't find any. So in the, like since Rocky, I think there's four examples from when I'm looking unless I missed something. Well, it's kind of um, crazy if you think about it, because 
you you could like I think the highest no no five because Forrest Gump so okay so Forrest Gump oh by the way I just want to clarify I did not think that Titanic came out in 2003 I was just (laughs) I was just throwing rocks um (laughs) I'm not an idiot um so didn't that just come out in 4k like it's 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 a new one right (laughs) yeah Titanic is that a true story um no but the um the way you have it now it's like you have in game being in the highest gross grossing movie you have avatar you have you know all these things and it's like no way in holy hell <laughs> would either of those ever um win best picture eat. but then you have something like green book moonlight la la land i know it didn't win but it was nominated you have those movies and they're great movies but there's no way that they would ever end up being the highest grossing movies. Yeah. Well now definitely not because so like the, the highest grossing movie will a lot of times be nominated now. Right. Like if it's, it's, you know, if it's a superhero movie that is actually pretty decent, like Endgame and infinity war, I think are both nominated. The avatar movies both got nominated. Um, Black, (laughs) black (laughs) Panther, uh, (laughs) things like that. But yeah, I don't think it's, it would, it would kind of be shocking. You know what could it could happen next year though? Dune two is a possibility. Yeah, but Dune two, I feel like, like it's kind of man, Arrival. Like you know, it's it's it has that high impact, but it's almost kind of artsy. It's like a it's like an artsy blockbuster. In a I way. mean, that's what Denis does. I think Nolan before him and still does that, right? Like, like Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. So Barbie's the highest grossing movie this year. I think it's pretty much a lock that it would be nominated. And I think it probably has like no chance of winning because I think it's either Killers of the Flower Moon or Oppenheimer. It's got to be one of those two. Something might come in at the last second and start winning stuff. But I hear um, Past Lives and Zone of Interest. It's good. Yeah. Well, so this is starting the run up of like. I need to start watching. We were supposed to record this last night and I was going to start watching a movie and then I just sat on my phone for three hours instead of watching a movie. But I need to start watching. If it makes you movies. feel better. I fell immediately asleep. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Let's get back to it. So I think we can just get started. You know, we have a we keep I keep doing this. Where I said I think we get started and then we don't get started. But one last thing before we get started. This movie as i was watching it i was like oh it's about to hit this trope it's about to hit this trope yeah and it doesn't really hit any of them no um like it doesn't really establish a rivalry between these two it's it's all like like you said the boxing is kind of like not really important um to the movie almost and so there's a lot of times where you think like oh this is gonna happen you you try and predict it and it's interesting that this movie because it kind of almost, you know, it's not the first boxing movie, right? But it is like, it's the first sports movie to win Best Picture. It, it is kind of like a, a precursor to a lot of sports movies. And I'm, it, surprised, I'm surprised Raging Bull isn't in that. Or did that come after? It came like, I think in 80 or 81, 82. In oh, that wow. Range. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but just like... I don't know, just the fact that it avoided all the tropes, even though like it's kind of a precursor, all those you would think this is where the tropes started. But no, like there's a lot of a lot of decisions in this that are 
are are pretty well done and it's it's interesting too because you know sylvester stallone wrote this um this was his baby and there's a lot of like backstory about like him being completely poor and like he could have sold the script to have someone else selling his dog yeah he had to sell his dog and buy it back um and uh, is that the the dog in the movie yeah, that's the dog in the movie. He oh, he dude, bought it back sweet. like right after he got the the first check for the movie. I, I heard he sold it for like twenty five dollars just so he could like fucking eat or he was gonna die, and then he had to buy it back for like fifteen thousand dollars. Well, I think part of what I read is part of the reason he sold it is because he actually couldn't afford to feed the dog too, so it was like sort of you know like being nice to the dog as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't assume he was selling the dog for it to be like end up in the meter or anything. Well, so one of the last things I read about this, and we don't have to keep going into like the making of it, but they went to, I forget who they went to, Paramount or whatever, to sell the movie, Warner Brothers, who cares? And they wanted it, they were going to get a $2 million budget, but they didn't want Stallone, and Stallone's like, no, I have to be in it. So they gave them a $1 million budget, and they told the producers for every dollar it went over, they had to pay it. And so the producers, it ended up costing $1.1 million. And the producers had to mortgage their houses to pay off the difference. But oh, then it went on to be the crazy. highest grossing movie. It's it insane. spawned four, five, Six, eight, seven, eight, eight, eight sequels. Eight sequels. <laughs> <laughs> and we're probably not done after Creed. No, no, because Creed 4 is coming. So that's going to be the ninth. Oh, my God. Yeah. I and But the the rights are like the, um, the ownership rights are completely out of Stallone's hands now, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, probably. And it also there's also that Stallone Robert De Niro boxing movie Grudge Match, which also like probably only exists because of Rocky. So like, I don't even know like what you're an, talking about. There's a movie called Grudge Match where Stallone <laughs> boxes Robert De Niro. <laughs> Jesus. Well, we both know they can box. When was this made? Uh, that one was like mid 2000s. Oh, so they're old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think it's actually even after Rocky Balboa. So it's like mid 2000s or late. Um, <laughs> Do they reprise the same characters that they were in Raging Bull and Rocky? It's just I don't know. So thing. 2013. 2013. Um, uh, have you ever seen Raging Bull? I have. It's one that I need to rewatch. It's like, first of all, it's a very rough movie. Um, I've never seen it, so I don't know. It's definitely not like Top Scorsese for me. Some people it is. I. I I, t- I told you and some other people that I was going to go on this like journey to watch all of Scorsese's movies just in a row, like chronologically. Yeah. But then his IMDb is so like it has a bunch of things that are unavailable and me being like a completionist, like just kind of fried my brain and I kind of gave up. So I need to start that back. Is um, Raging Bull one of those unavailable ones? No, he did like oh. his it. it it includes this f- first movie that like is like a student film that is unavailable to watch. And then it's mm. got something on there that he did for like the New York travel bureau, like a short film. I was like, I'm going to watch the short films too, but you know it, um, I got to get back to it, but now I got to watch the Oscar movies and like, you know, all the year end stuff. I got to watch Barbie. A journey um, just, of a thousand miles simply starts with a single step. David. I basically got to stop buying movies and start watching them. Let's get to, the beginning. Right. This starts off with a fight between our boy Rocky and a guy named Spider Rico, who headbutts Rocky. Rocky gets so angry that he punches him to the ground and keeps punching him as if it's an MMA fight. 
Um, I love the reveal that when they end up in the locker rooms, he's just there and they're like, hey. It's almost like professional wrestling. Like, it's not real. Like, And then <laughs> he makes $65 minus expenses for winning. So it's like 45 bucks. The other guy makes, what, $17 for getting beaten to the ground? Yeah. Uh, it just like shows you how like rough a life this is. Um, I so love, I love everything that this movie sets up because not only is it like showing you you get the shit beat out of you and you make like below minimum wage, right? Because if you factor in all the hours you spend in training and then the fight, you make nothing, right? Nothing, and so, but they set all this up where he's been doing this, um. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the movie, you have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the line. And the contrast of that, it's so. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. So great. One hundred fifty thousand. What is that in rupees? Do you know? Did you do the rupees? It's two million, I think. So I he after this, man, there's just. He just walks around Philadelphia for 30 fucking minutes of this movie. He he starts singing with you some random... You say it like sh- a complaint. You say it like a complaint. <laughs> I loved it. I thought the cinematography was very cool. I thought it was like... It wasn't doing anything extraordinary. That's the one thing I noticed, too. The cinematography was very, like, capable, but it wasn't doing anything groundbreaking. Um, but there was, was a couple shots. The thing where he goes to talk to Mick, and it's sort of in the very background of the shot, like, way yeah. far off... And we just see him shake his hand. I thought that was cool. I thought um, when he goes to talk to Apollo's, who is that? Apollo's lawyer or his his hand? No, that was the, just the fight promoter. Okay. Okay. When he goes to talk to the fight promoter, you have the camera all the way at the bottom of like Stallone's thigh looking up at Stallone. And you have like the that thing that they used to do where like both the character in the foreground and background are in focus that I mean, I'm like, okay, that's something that's like a kind of a cool cinematography thing. But other yeah. than that, it's just very capable. It's just like it's getting the shots it needs to get. And I thought that was cool. This is one of the first movies to use a steady cam. Oh, that's so, cool to know. One cool story is the guy who invented the steady cam was from Philadelphia. John Steady. Yeah, 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 that's right. No, steady yeah. cam. It's uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's French. Steady com. It's no, it's German. Com. Oh, it's like, okay. oh. But anyway. He, in order to promote, like, to get some footage for his his new invention, he filmed his sister running up the steps. Of, and then, of Philadelphia? And then the director saw that and was like, that'd be a cool shot for the movie, and then hired the guy, uh, I think, to be the cinematographer. I'm not sh- exactly sure on that part. Um, one of the, when he's going around singing with the random guys and drinking with them, I think the main singer is his brother. Oh. Which is also, he just, like, got to get everyone in on this movie. Um and then the next, I guess, the next important scene is where he goes to hit on Adrian. I did not like, did not know that this was like a love story more than a boxing movie that they weren't together. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, that film dissection on YouTube that I watched, I was like, it surprised me so much that I'm like, I was never interested in Rocky watching Rocky before, but then I was like, I gotta watch this fucking movie. I'm like the turtles, dude. Like the turtles are everything. yeah so they this movie also talia shire who you know is from godfather godfather 2 as well um they do the like put on glasses put her hair up thing to make her not look attractive yeah and then and then they do the thing take off your glasses and put your hair down and then all of a sudden you are attractive but it worked though because it's like oh damn she is hot (laughs) 
dude, when she shows back up in that red coat and that red hat, I was like, oh, I, I see what he sees in her now. <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah, I also love Polly calling her the loser when it's like Polly's a drunk. Dude, that's one of the most surprising like turns of this movie is like Adrian's growth is is first of all, Stallone with like the fedora, like all coming in at her like, mm-hmm. hey, yo, hey. and I was he's like, working on the moth line the night before. <laughs> See, that's cute. That's like some cute stuff. But I'm saying when he has her cornered in his apartment, mm-hmm. I was like, that's some problematic shit. No, it's, um, a, yeah, it's it's not good. No, but what I was getting at is Adrian's growth throughout the film. Well, she likes it, so it's but <laughs> Adrian's growth throughout the film is like she's always deemed like a uh, loser. I think they use retarded in the in the film a couple of times. Like she's slow or autistic. They don't use that because which is wasn't. not tr- which is funny is not true, right? Because there's the it's not scene- true at all. She's actually apparently super smart. We don't like she's she's the one that tells us that. But she's like, you know, <laughs> no, because his yeah. uh, Rocky says his dad told him you're all body, no brain. And she's like, oh, I'm the exact opposite. My mom said I'm all brain. and I don't have a body. It's like, I'm sure there's a body. down. She there. was wrong. She was wrong. Hey, but the <laughs> the um the line or the scene in the middle of the movie where she stands up to her brother and is this moment where her brother's like, I'm always the one like digging you out of holes. Like I'm, you wouldn't be anything without me. And she's like, no dude, you are the loser. You wouldn't be anything without me. I've been keeping all this together. If, and she's right. And then she leaves with Rocky and she's fine. I mean, I guess she's not alone mixed alone, but yeah, it's like that turn of character for her is so awesome. That was like probably my favorite part of the movie. So since we're on that part now, so Burt Young, who plays uh, Pauly, comes in drunk. He te- he tells this story where uh, he does the scene and apparently just a drunk wandered onto set and was like, you know, the scene where he's walking drunk in front of his house and oh, the yeah. drunk, the drunk guy's like, that's a, like, you're totally an unbelievable drunk. And he's like, well, how would you do it? And the guy mimes what he should do. And then Pauly <laughs> does it. And like, that's what made it in. I also this entire movie. I was like, I thought you were. I thought you were going to tell me that that was just the drunk guy, and and we were supposed to think it's Polly CGI. But I um the whole movie, I was like, what do I know this guy from? And I was like, obviously, I know him from Rocky, right? Even like clips, I've seen him. And the whole time, I was like, isn't he like going to be in his corner? Which is probably, you know, eventually we'll do. We're we're going to go through at least two, three, and four. I would imagine. Well, of course, point. I I imagine us doing that too. Um. Also, I just want to mention the reason that we're doing this on Christmas Day is because I thought this I was sold on this, that this was like like Die Hard or Gremlins, like a Christmas movie, but not a Christmas movie. Right. Right. But it's more of a Thanksgiving movie. It it is. And I was like, I guess I guess because Thanksgiving is at the beginning of this movie and then you assume that months go by for training and whatnot. So by the time the fight happens, it is like Christmas or Christmas time. Don't they fight on New Year's Day or is it New Year's Eve? Because he's, I thought that's what it was. And he's like, it's the most American of holidays. And actually, yeah, that timeline makes sense. Because yeah. if, well, it's either that or it's like Christmas Day or whatever. Because he's like, well, it's anyway, the most something American happens. Of holidays. Something happens around Christmas time in this movie. Um, but it's not like a huge majority of, of like the themes of Christmas happen in this movie. Right. It's enough of a holiday movie that it works fine. I feel like it's a holiday movie, but it's not a I wasn't sold on it being a Christmas movie like Die Hard, you know. So, 
oh, anyway, I was like, where do I know Burt Young from? Because I've seen all the clips of him being in, in these movies. And it, once again, I was like, I thought he was like, was Rocky's like cornerman or something. I like it, I, I knew it was too. It was the guy from the gym, though, ended up being. No, I knew he I know he is. You have multiple guys. Um, But I then went through his IMDb and he also was in Mickey Blue Eyes with that other Italian guy from the firm. <laughs> so like that's a very oh. formative that keeps being a formative movie for me that eventually we're going to have to do. Um, so the other thing that the, the opening of this movie is we meet Polly, but we also meet Gazzo, Gazzo, yeah, and I, Gazzo is a completely useless character in this movie. I am so surprised that he or the guy who drives him around doesn't come back as like a bigger antagonist by the end of this movie. Like when he gave Rocky the, the dollars yeah, I was like, oh, he's coming. He's he's in his pocket now. He's like, he's he's going to expect interest. Yeah, or something, right? Or or he's going to come after Adrian because he there's even like a threatening line where he's like, so tell Adrian hi for me. He's like, how do you know her name? He's like, I know things. And I was like, oh, he's going to fucking kidnap her or something like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was going to turn into Taken, but I expected something, you know, some. But instead, he just he shows up to the final fight. He's like, go, Rocky. <laughs> I thought that there was going to be a fight between or something more, you know, um, upscale between him and the driver, because him and the driver are always having like an antagonistical conversation, argument thing. Right. And uh, no, nothing, nothing comes out of that. I did read that in like an earlier draft of the script that Gatso was actually supposed to be like a, a brother to him, like a, a relation, which actually makes their relationship make more sense. You know, it still has the the tinges of, of like that, you know, version of the script, right? That they're like related more than anything. Yeah, because if he's like a big old mob, mean mob boss, like he's supposed to be, and the guy didn't break his finger and the guy gives him 500 bucks or whatever, you think that he would have a, even a bigger guy to go after Rocky to break his finger or something like that. Well, and so, you know, you have that first scene where he he goes to the guy and is like, hey, you know, you owe two hundred dollars. And he's like, give me something. He gives him one thirty. And he's like, you know, I'm supposed to break your thumbs. He's like, you know, just we'll pretend we'll pretend. And Rocky just walks away. And it's like he's not good at this debt collecting thing. Like because the guy offers, I'll pretend they're broken. And he's just like, nah, you don't have to worry about it. And then he gets yelled at by his boss like, hey, why are you not breaking fingers like I told you to? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what it does do? It establishes him as a nice guy. It does. Yeah. I mean, one thing I was going to say earlier is I think the the rep of Stallone is pretty interesting now as like most people just kind of consider him in, like very dumb. Right. And he plays very dumb in this movie. And it's. It's almost like just feels like really bad acting because you're. No, I didn't. Uh, hold on. I, mean, I see what you're saying. Let me get to my point, damn it. Okay, okay, okay. But like having years and years of Stallone now, it's like not that he's like the greatest, but he definitely was playing a purposeful character here. I just think when this is like the first thing you see him and you're like, all right, is this guy good? Or is this just, did they just find a guy like- Oh, big dumb. On a, big on dumb. a, short, on a short bus? Like how did they- how did they get this character filled? I mean, when you find out that the guy wrote it, it kind of puts you in a different perspective of him, you know? I heard a uh, yeah. That's that's the point I was gonna make. I heard a funny story where um, Apollo Creed. Uh, so Carl Weathers was you know boxing with him to get the part, and um, he he sort of hits Rocky and uh, hits Stallone, and Stallone's like, "Hey, you know, can you take it easy? This is just an audition." And 
uh, Carl Weathers is like, well, when I'm doing it with the real actor, it'll probably go better. And he's like, yo, I am the real actor. And without missing a, <laughs> without missing a beat, Carl Weathers is like, oh, well, maybe you'll get better. <laughs> and so that's how he got the job because he's like, oh, I like that attitude because this is who you're supposed to be playing. But I think that's just like the view that's- of... St- that's another thing I didn't expect in the movie is how much of an Apollo, how much Apollo isn't really like a active antagonist. Yeah. No, they don't even meet barely. (laughs) They don't even know each other. Yeah. It's, it surprised me so much too, because you have, you have Polly kind of being more of an antagonist to Stallone. You have the mob boss, but he doesn't really show up or anything. And then, you know, who's the real like enemy of Stallone? Stallone himself, you know? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have any enemies. It just, I mean, I, you know, he's kind of his m- biggest antagonist, and they don't even play into this that much, is uh, is Mick. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he even, um, that scene with him, he's like, comes into his apartment, and he's trying to get him as his, like, as his manager, and then he's like, no, I don't need you, because you weren't in my corner when I needed you, and you, you're like... The, the the locker line is great because earlier in the movie he, with my locker <laughs> yeah he's he's like yeah you know like a, he takes his locker away and then he later on he's like i'll be your manager he's like oh you know a manager you need something more it's like a, like a like a locker and he's like oh he takes it away and he walks out of the apartment he goes down like a whole block and then you have rocky like chasing after him yeah it's so good so after this, we get a lot of a lot of just kind of different different scenes here and there, right? So we, we the first scene where we meet Mickey, it's where he's giving away his locker to this other guy. He gives away this locker to this guy Dipper, right? And you're like, oh, him and Dipper are gonna now have to fight because Dipper even makes a comment right. to him like, I like your locker. Well, apparently that was supposed to be a scene they didn't film because money and and other reasons, right? Um. So then Polly invites Adrian to or Polly invites Rocky to meet Adrian for Thanksgiving, like to come over. And like there's this whole scene in the freezer and you're like, oh, well, the freezer is going to come back into play, which it is. But the way they do it is like, oh, that's just all you're doing with it. Like <laughs> he gets interviewed by the news. And he's like, yeah, I invented this, you know, and like <laughs> it's like Polly trying to make a buck off of him the whole time, which I think we should talk more about, like their relationship um what's funny about that too is that that is going to be someone's most tender piece of meat in the world yeah i was like is that i mean it's frozen so it's probably like once you cook it it'll be fine but it's like i don't want his fucking hands just all over that he apparently punched that meat so much that he flattened out his knuckles to where his hand is just like there's no indention it's just a flat surface from punching the meat so much in this movie jesus so the next thing I want to talk about is where he finds that little girl who's related to somebody he knows. I didn't know. I thought I was like, oh, that's going to come up later. Nope. We never see her again. And basically just no, says, we hey. Do. We do see her again. She's still like smoking and hanging out with the boys. So like, that off. scene was so short. I couldn't even see if she was still there or not. Like it, it cuts to it and cuts away. I was like, I'm not going back. I don't care that much. Yeah. But he basically, and I, I think this is a scene that like doesn't age well. But honestly, like I stand by Rocky's advice here. Where he's I like, do too. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. It's you not right. But no. if you're sitting there with all these boys yep. cussing, they're just gonna they're you're gonna gain a reputation that is undeserved. Yep. Exactly. And then he just she he walks her home and she's like, fuck off, creep. And he's like, I just well, how am I the creep? Like, how am I, like I'm I'm helping you out. 
Um, uh, the, the, and then that scene, you're right. It, like it, I think what it does in a very kind of subtle way, it just kind of establishes like the sad sack nature of Rocky that like exactly no one listens to him. No one likes him that much. He like he doesn't feel like he he kind of has any value in society almost really. He can't box. He like he you know, he, he people don't respect him. Right. And so it's I like think- when he's going up later against Apollo, he's like, I can't beat this guy. Like, no, exactly. No- at, that's like at the end where he, he's discouraged and he like pours into Adrian. He's like, he's like, I'm not doing this. Um, but what I think some people might mistake in the scene for is like, Oh, he, he, he's, he tries to help everyone. He's like a very helpful guy. Yeah. And I guess like maybe a little bit, but really it's what you said. It's the, it's the, he's, he's nobody in this society. He's nobody in this world. And this is not like a high society. This is a pretty low, low bar to fill but he's he's not even a significance in this so it really hollows him out as like a loser i think even who said it was it i'm trying to think oh it was the mob boss who was like you've never had much luck and so this is like your only chance of like doing anything with your life you know here's 500 bucks but um but he was right he and i Somehow him being like a brother or like a cousin to him makes way more sense than just this like mob guy. So we meet Apollo Creed. His opponent has broken his hand. He needs a con- he can't find a contender. No one wants to fight him on such short notice. Um, and he's like, we need a novelty and underdog. And there's a scene later where he just picks Rocky's name out of a book that exists, like yes, yes. a boxing guide that apparently has a dude who just lives in Philadelphia that fights for 60 bucks. His name is in this list. Um, he's a Southpaw. You can't do it with a Southpaw. He's like, I don't give a damn if it's a Southpaw. <laughs> Is that your Apollo Creed? That's my best Carl Weathers. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, I like thought there were going to be much more machinations to this movie of like how Apollo gets this fight. Like some like just really out there explanation. It's just like, no, Apollo liked his nickname Italian Stallion. He's like, that's it. I think it kind of works too. And what this movie is, if it's not anything, is a work of convenience. It's it's all these things that they do on a short on a shoestring budget that still work very well towards the story. Because Apollo Creed, if he's anything, he's flamboyant. He's showy. He's very like not he's, about the, an- he's the antithesis of Rocky. Yeah, exactly. But in in a way that it's not detrimental to like Rocky's personal life or anything like that. It's just his personality. Um, you know, it's funny, too, is the movie does not. It's sort of something you can recognize, but the movie doesn't throw it in your face like these are exact opposites because it's like Apollo is naturally gifted, but doesn't really take the boxing that serious anymore, which I think probably comes up in Rocky, too. Um, He's more into the promotion and like the, you know, the making as much money as he can. He's probably going to run for Congress at some point, whereas Rocky is like doesn't have the natural gifts. And so he would not be able to beat Apollo, but for he works his ass off for five weeks and gets a manager and a trainer, you know, all of that. Except what's really great too, is that when he first starts his training, cause I think, I think 
he starts he's like smoking or drinking and someone is like no you can't be doing that if you're training like everyone's in his corner all of a sudden right like all his all his distant friends are suddenly like hey you got to take better care of your body if you want to do this right mm-hmm. and so he starts training and you you have the scene where he walks he runs up the steps and he's exhausted he's beat and i think for me i took it like he's realizing that yeah, he's a good boxer, but he's out of shape. Completely. Like he, he's been taking this like the easy road and he's like, oh, shit, I got to really fucking take this seriously if I even you know have half a chance with this guy. And then you get the the really epic montage. So the next scene is where he goes to Polly and he's going to go over to it's Thanksgiving night. And Paulie once again asked for a job with Gotso. He's like, I need a new job. My hands are, you know, they're messed up from this. Um, <laughs> the whole way over there, he's like, your sister knows I'm coming, right? Yeah, yeah, she's excited. She's excited for you to take you, know, you to take her out. And then she gets there. He gets there and she's just had no idea. And she even says like, why didn't you tell me? And Rocky is just like, what the fuck? And Everyone, I love uh, everyone's pissed at Polly at this point. I love when he's like, yo, Adrian, I don't know what to say. I've never talked to a door before. <laughs> And apparently when Polly throws the turkey out the door to be like, we're not having turkey and get going. This movie was on such a shoestring budget. There's a dude out there catching the turkey each time because they had to keep reusing it (laughs) like they couldn't like. But he doesn't even show him throwing him out the door. Well, no, he throws it and just has the leg left. He kind of like tosses it and like the leg breaks off is what I think you're supposed to assume. It's supposed to assume, but you don't see it. Like what I'm saying though is You're on this comes- you're on this real kick right now of like if a movie doesn't show something, you like can't make any assumptions. Yeah. Well, I know because he comes in. Rocky with the didn't go to the bathroom this entire fucking movie. Like that dude probably really needs to pee. It's been You know, four I actually months. I watched a very interesting video on the lack of bathroom usage in movies, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. That's no, we won't. <laughs> yeah. No, what I'm saying, he comes in with the turkey. You see the full turkey. He leaves, assumingly throws it out, and then he comes back with just a leg, which I think is hilarious. Um, that he's still like munching on the leg. Also, what a fucking asshole thing to do. She spends all day cooking this turkey, and then you just ah. You know what? It's kind of a form over function thing, though, right? Meaning, like, yeah, he's not the he's not the the most suavest at making this happen. But I mean, spoiler, these two get married and like, you know, live together after this. Like he, he did a good thing getting them together. Although I don't know if they're still together in five. I'm not sure about that. So I don't know what happened. Mm, I don't know. Maybe it's like a five's apparently terrible. Yeah, really? Maybe it's like a Indiana Jones five sort of situation. I don't know what that means because I haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't seen Dial of Destiny? I've only seen four and one of Indiana Jones in that order. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we can do. Uh, so the ice skating scene is next. Apparently, there was supposed to be like 300 extras, but this movie couldn't afford 300 extras. So they show up and Stallone's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And he says that he just rewrote the scene on the spot. I don't know who I give credit to. It's it doesn't really matter. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. Them ice skating one on one. It is one of the best scenes in the movie, and I like to think that that haggling he did with the guy in the movie <laughs> was that's just, just the guy was, that works there. It's just the guy that works there. He's just really trying to get it. Yeah, he needed ten dollars, and I also love the countdown too. Of like, yeah, you got seven minutes. He's like, I'm not giving you an extra second. You need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then he takes her home, and like. 
He's like, when you come in, and she's like, oh, I don't think I should. He's like, come on, I got a face you can trust. And then he does not have a face you can trust. He is no. super creepy in this scene, which is like just a product of the 70s. You, but- do, you, you do learn something really important about this date is that he's never broken his nose in a fight. Yeah. And he's really proud of the fact that he's never broken his nose in a fight. Foreshadowing. And foreshadowing. But as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, he's going he's to break his nose in the fight. <laughs> of course. But the whole time she's like, I don't feel comfortable. And yeah. he's like, oh, she looks uncomfortable. Either. Yeah. Dude, did he's... you notice that up the, that standing mattress in the room next to her? Like right next to her has a huge fucking like 15 inch knife sticking out of it. Uh, I think that was what he used to like put his his like hat on or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's intimidating. She, he's like, I want to kiss you. You don't have to kiss me back. And I was like, how? How thoughtful of you that like she just she doesn't have to reciprocate, but she has to accept this kiss. Yeah, this um, is this is bad. And then she kisses him back. Um, so, you know, that's fine. And uh, so then the next day he goes to the gym and Mick's looking for him. And he's like, hey, Apollo I wants. If, I, I wonder if Rocky is the type of movie that like. You know how you know how people say like, oh, if you're a teenager and you watch Fight Club and if you misunderstand it, you turn out to be like this type of guy. I wonder if like back in the 70s and 80s, people watch Rocky and there's like, oh, if you misunderstand it, you become this type of guy. That's why Philadelphia is the way it is. <laughs> so <laughs> they all just misunderstood it. Damn. Um, I was going to go harder than that, but that, I was, just, that was I, pretty hard. Just, I go for the joke. I was going to be like, that's why Philly's a shithole. <laughs> I brought it back a little bit. I, I actually like Philly. I actually have a funny story about Philly. So um, my wife has family in Jersey and we had to go to a wedding and we could have either flew into Newark or Philly. And like it's the same. I think Newark was actually farther. So we flew into Philly and stayed there for the night. And um, my wife had to like get her hair done the next day. So I dropped her off and I have like two hours and I just did a drive around tour of Philly. So I drove to the Liberty Bell and I could like see it from the street. I could see like a sixth of it through a window. <laughs> and then I drove to the Rocky Steps. Um I drove like down the main way where like their city hall is, whatever, which is really cool. Um but that was my my only tour of Philly is by a car that I rented. That's like that's it. Nice. And then I think I rode through it in a train once. Anyway. So not a shithole. Oh, um I thought you said you had a funny story. This motherfucker. <laughs> so Mick's looking for him. He goes in. Mick's like, hey, Apollo needs sparring partners. And then uh, and he's like, why you never liked me? And uh, he's like, because you could have been a good fighter, but your break legs. You could have been a contender. A two bit loan shark. And I was like, damn, if Gatso hears this, you're going to get broken, Mick. Um, and Stallone really doesn't have anything to say back to that. So it's just like he's like, yeah, I guess. I mean, kind of kind of right. Um, and then he goes to see the promoter and Rocky's like a dog with his tail between his legs going to see this promoter. He's like, I can do yeah. whatever you want. You know, I'll be, a, I'll be a good sparring partner. Cause he just needs the money so bad. He's like, I'll be a good sparring partner. I won't, I won't hit him. I won't take cheap shots. You know, I'll be good. And he's like, I want you to fight him. And he's just like, no, I'm not good enough to fight him. Like I, it, it is, it's an interesting character trait in this movie of Rocky, like being very, aware of how good he is how trained he is that he's like i can't fucking fight that like a lot of fighters have this like belief that they could be a lot of dudes who've never fought 
have this belief that the, I was like reading Facebook comments and like, you don't know who Draymond Green is, but he's a basketball player. He's like six, five over 200 pounds. Like I don't, he can't fight, but he's pr- probably can't fight. Although he's punching a lot of people right now, but some dude in the comments was like, I wish I played against him. Cause I would give him something. Everyone's just laughing at this guy. It's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Have like, you seen like one of those like parkour, one of those like, <laughs> like, 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 um, like sword juggling and and in the comment someone's like my toxic trait is i believe i can do this with no training <laughs> well every guy like most guys toxic trait is they'd like just see a random dude like i could fucking take that guy it's like no you probably couldn't you probably never fought no but what's um, so great about rocky's character and the fact that i understand like stallone had to play this because i know a lot of people probably say this but it's it's the way he's written feels like so personal to Stallone. Like this is him like exaggerated maybe. And then you have, you have Stallone's eyes and the way that he's not saying anything, but he's reacting to everything being said at him. And he's like looking around and he's taking it in, in different ways. You can feel how out of his element he is in this office and yep. like when he walks into the secretary, he's like, hey, I'm here to see blah, blah, blah. And he gives her like the appointment ticket or whatever. And then he's like, can I have that back? Like, if this doesn't work out for me, at least I'll have like a souvenir. But it, it's little details like that, that I just felt like that wasn't written. It's like it's like Stallone was just going to ask for it back. And the secretary was like, oh, sure. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, it's it's little things like that, that you just feel like no one could make you feel that Rocky is so out of his element if it was played by anyone other than Stallone. So he has this press conference where he it's, comes out he's going to make $150,000 to fight. And you want to say anything? He's like, I want to say hi to my girlfriend. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. But right after this, in a row, you have Polly coming to him like, hey, you're going to need people to help you. And he's like, Polly, I don't need you. Gatso coming to him like, hey, here's $500. And you think, oh, that's going to have strings attached. And then Mick, the next scene, probably one of the best scenes in the movie too. Mick coming to him like, hey. And it's like Mick is like fucking hat in hand, literally figuratively like, you know, I, I think you need a manager. I could help you. And he's like, where the fuck have you been? And he's like, well, you, you never asked. And what I think is great about this scene is it's not overwritten. I mean, one of the reasons I think Rocky is like hesitant to take him is like, why would it like, I'm not going to win. Why do I need a manager? This is a, I'm going to make $150,000 to get my ass beat. Like, that's it. <laughs> Wait, does he still get the money if he gets his ass beat? Yeah, the 150 was to show. You, you normally get like more if you win. And I think the reason they told him the 150 because it was like, in what world are you going to win this? You know, like, we don't even need to tell you what the winning amount is. Um, mm. But that like, you know, in a in a movie that is overwritten, and I mean not overwritten, just like written differently, you would have some big like explanation of why he eventually decides to take Mick on. But eventually it's just like, hey, you've been shitty to me for 10 yeah. years, yeah. but I need you. So this is like of convenience, yes, I'll accept your help because like I, Rocky is not a character that's too proud, thinks too much of himself. He's like, you know, you're coming to help me late. But whatever, I'll take it. He does give yeah. him this speech of like, it took you 10 years to get here. You know, you had a prime. I've never had a prime. I've, you know, you just are coming to see my face get beat in. And it's, but at the end of the day, he's like, you know, what? but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cut my nose to spite my face. I'll accept your help because it's going to be helpful. 
I, the fact that it's shot like his accepting of Mick is shot in such a wide um, angle, and then you have him running down the stairs after him at the end of the street, and then talk a little bit. You don't know what they say, and they shake hands at the end of it. It's like it's one of those moments of filmmaking where you're just like everything that was said beforehand fills in the gaps of everything now. So it's like, you know exactly what's going on down there at the end of the street and you don't need to hear it. But when later on we have like Mick and the other guy in his corner, um, uh, I'll, I'll get to it when we talk about the fight scene, but it's so it's they build up his relationship with Mick so well in such a short amount of time. I think the guy only shares like maybe three scenes with him, not including the 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 fight, but it's it's so good. You have almost like this father figure that he could never get acceptance from, like his validation from. Right. And then all of a sudden you have this guy coming to him being like, I want to now fill in that role for you. And he's so hurt by like all the years of him being subjugated by his like, you know, lack thereof. And um, yeah, I mean, I fuck, dude, it's great. I, I love this movie. <laughs> so we get we start the training now, the 4 a.m. wake up call. And I like the way they're just like show you how early it is. The radio station calls some woman. And she's like, what the fuck is your problem calling me this early? You ever call me again? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. We see him really struggling to get up the stairs, and there's this sad music. Apparently, the scene of him struggling to get up the stairs was shot right before the scene of him making it up the stairs, like victoriously, like you know, which oh, obviously makes sense. makes sense. They have this movie. A lot of it I was read was just shot like guerrilla style, like without permits and such. So the scene where he's running through the market and the guy throws him an orange was just the dude who threw him an orange. Like there's like no explanation to these people what was happening. It was just him running. Uh, most that's of the running awesome. scenes are just shot that way. That's how, That's like this guy sees a camera, uh, like a film camera running through the market. And he's like, oh, shit, I want to be in this movie. I don't know what it is or who that is or whatever. He's like, I bet you if I throw him an orange, I'll make it into the movie. And he does. Yeah. So he goes to Polly and he's like, you balling my sister. <laughs> he's like, you talk too much. I love when he's like, too. He's like, you, do you love her? And he's like, well, I got gaps. She's got gaps together. We filled them. I was like, I bet you are, even though. Later on, Mick's like, you know, don't be filling gaps. You know, it'll weaken your legs. Women weaken legs, which I've heard of so many times. I was as part of this music video uh, in college and there's this use this boxing ring as a as a (laughs) set one day. What? You showed me that video. (laughs) Yeah. With with my wife in it. Yeah. Um, But uh, I remember the boxing guy kind of being like a Mick character, kind of like being that like old gruff kind of boxing guy. Um, but it was right by our school. So I know a couple of guys who went and I thought about taking boxing lessons, not to compete, just to like get in shape. But, um, uh, I, yeah, I was like, oh, one of the things is like, you can't, you can't have sex if you're getting ready for a match. I was like, I don't want that life. That's not, that's not for, you can't even masturbate. You can't do nothing. That was like, that's more your speed. I can't jack up. <laughs> can't jack up. Forget it. Yeah. In college. Yeah. Um, so the next thing is Polly getting him on the news, hitting the meat. And before when, you know, when he was getting pissed <laughs> in more ways than one, am I right? Yeah. He's not training yet, yeah. but, uh, you know, he starts punching the meat when Polly pissed him off about the sister and you're like, Oh, he's punching that really hard. And then when he's on the news, he's doing it again. And I love the news. It's like, does anyone else do this? He's like, no, you know, I invented this, but I love when 
Apollo's coach is watching this. He's like, Apollo, you need to watch this. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm fine. We're fine. And like just the setup of like, dude, this guy has like a legitimate like a puncher's chance, right? Yeah. Like he punches really fucking hard. You, you need to take this seriously because when the fight starts too, you know, I think he says a line of like, you know, you think this is a dance. He thinks this is a fucking fight. He's yeah. like, it is a fight. Like you're fighting now. So you got to treat it real. Um, and but then Apollo, Apollo does so much promotion that he doesn't even like, he doesn't even do some like formidable training beforehand to get himself like in shape or anything like that. He's just doing all this promotion, all this bravado stuff so that dude, when the fight and he walks up on the stage with the top hat and everything, I was just like, this guy's going to get pulverized because he's just not ready for what Rocky is about to bring. Um, he's not, he's not smelling what he's cooking. Um, but see, that's his first reference that I, I know. of. Um, but wrestling is not a real sport. Okay. Okay. I tried. I was almost there, but anyway, so, um, professional wrestling, real wrestling is, is a sport. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's kind of crazy how non-serious Carl Weathers. Also, this is Carl Weathers, dude. Like I didn't know he was ever that much in shape. Holy shit. Have you not fucking seen Predator? Oh, I guess, yeah, I didn't, I think of Carl Weathers as more of like, he's the meme with the two fucking muscle arms. Yeah, 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 you're right, he's, what What else has Carl Weathers been in that I would not think of him as such like an in-shape guy? Are you getting him confused with the reading rainbow guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not getting him confused with the reading rainbow guy. Um, Let's get back to it. So... We get the scene we already talked about where Paulie and his sister Adrian get into it, you know, because Paulie comes home and they're sort of talking shit about him, and she <laughs> kicks his sister out. She's like, "You can't fucking kick me out! Like I own this house too." Um, I do take Paulie's point. Like, so there is like this back and forth of like him trying to take advantage of Rocky versus Ro- him saying like, "Man, you can't even help me out a little bit." You know, I introduced you to what's going to be your wife. I've been a good friend to you. I've been asking you for help to get a better job. And like, you can't help me at all, which eventually Rocky does help him. He's like, you you can make money off my name, you know, whatever. Um, And then Adrian's like, do you want a roommate? And she, you know, moves in with him. Um, And then right after this, Polly comes to him with the, can I make money off your name? And he's like, if you can do it, do it. And now we get the, the training montage of him running up the steps. Like I said, it's the most famous part of the movie. Um, there's like 20 minutes left in this movie. And as you said, you know, I was like, oh, I think I called you when we were about to do this. I was like, I had like an hour left in the movie. I was like, oh, I know the last 30 minutes is going to be the fight. The fight starts with like 12 minutes left. And it's like yeah. only like nine minutes of it is actual like the boxing match. By the way, I think I'm I'm thinking of like Carl Weathers roles in, in like Adam Sandler movies where he's not like too serious. So I don't where think he's missing a hand. Yeah, I don't think of him as a muscly guy, but he is. He's, he's still probably jacked. So super jacked. He goes to the arena and the promoter's there. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, my pants are wrong. And the promoter's like, ah, it doesn't matter. Which is so apparently they just it was supposed to be done correctly. They yeah. fucked it up. So, so Stallone had the idea of like, oh, I'll just point it out. The same thing happened with the robe. When uh, Mick's like, what's up with your robe? He's like, yeah, they made it a little too big. That's also the robe was made too big. They couldn't afford a new one. So he's like, I'll just point it out. But it, it all works, works towards the character. Yeah, because the promoter's like, it doesn't matter. Like, basically, you're not going to win. And Rocky's like, well, fuck, I'm not. And he goes in the scene where he goes back to Adrian. He's like, I can't beat this guy. It was also apparently Stallone's idea. 
towards the end of shooting. And it is. It's a very... The movie almost doesn't work without it. Like you need, you yes. need a scene establishing like him going in this. Like I can't fucking win it. Although I will say it is a bit of a, like a, I can't win, but if I can just survive, like he's setting up new goals for himself, but it is, it's a laudable goal to be able to do something that no one's ever done. No one's survived a fight with this guy. You know, even with just the scene where he walks into the empty ring auditorium thing and the grandiose of it, cause he's not used to kind of all the glitz and glam of fighting. He's like the underground boxing guy, right? Just that alone, he could just feel the immense pressure he has on himself. And he's like, I can't do this. But with the added thing that they couldn't even get his poster right. And the guy's like, it doesn't matter. That just adds more to like, I'm a nobody if I don't win this. Like, I'm just a nobody. What am I even doing here? And so it just it keeps adding to the stakes, even though these are all just production problems. And I think that's like one of the greatest problems to have is you keep having to rewrite and rework work things and it just adds to the character. Yep. So with the next day, <laughs> I love also to mix like, you know, what's, what's up with this robe you're advertising? And it's like, Oh, Paulie gets $3,000. If I do this, and he's like, well, what do you get? And he's like, I get the robe. Um, but Rocky comes out to no music. Apollo comes out to music. He's George Washington crossing the Delaware. He's saying, I'm going to win in three. I also love Paul. He's just dressed as a pimp. Um, and then the fight starts. So some interesting things that I read. Um, apparently, like one of the biggest expenses on this movie was the makeup. And their wounds look really great in the end. I also read that they filmed the fight backwards. Like the like they started with round 15 and then they just removed makeup. Oh, that's smart. Until they got to where they. Yeah. Um, kind of how we edit this thing, right? <laughs> and so exactly. I I think the fight is done in a very realistic way where it starts off and the more technical proficient boxer is just sort of teeing Rocky up and then he just lands a big shot because Apollo has not really trained for this. He's not really prepared for this. And um and he almost knocks him out. And there's a, one of those like uh, you know. People who watch the movie close and like, oh, this is what would really happen. Pointed out that like if Rocky had just walked to his corner right away, he actually would have won in the first round because, you know, they don't start the 10 second count until you get to your corner. And oh. so he he hits it. But like, you know, he's he's new to this, right? He's not been on this stage. So he's like, you know, he's normally fighting dudes named Spider Rico for 60 bucks. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Spider Rico is such a such far and removed from Apollo Creed. I'm just in in how good of a fighter they are. Oh, yeah. Um, so it then jumps all the way to the 13th and 14th round. Rocky gets knocked down. He can't keep his gloves up. Mick actually tells him to stay down. And then I, Adrian walks out and you think it's going to be like, oh, he sees Adrian and that like gives him the strength to get up. No. I thought it was going to be too. I think he sees Adrian. And he gets I rewound it because it's like, how could he see her? And he's like, no, he couldn't. He just got up. He, he had this like he sees her in the back. He sees her red. So he punches, he punches Apollo in the ribs. It cuts. And we're now in the 15th. We're about to be in the 15th round. And Duke Apollo's coach is like, Hey, I'm going to fucking call it. Your ribs are hurt. And he's like, no, you're not. And then Rocky gets up on the other side. He's like, if you throw in the towel, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) Like we're not stopping this fight. Um, Who who does, who says that? 
Rocky says it to to Mick. He's like, if you stop this fight, I'll kill you. Because his whole so, goal is to make it. He doesn't care about anything yeah. but making it. So what's another great thing? And I wish this was kind of established on what this was. I guess if you're into boxing, you know what this is. And and I like with enough context clues, it's fine. But Rocky's eyes are so swollen from the punching uh, that he can't see anything. So they cut his eye to, I guess, release the blood out of his socket so that it releases the it releases the blood out of the eyelid so that he then can open his eyelid. Right, right. Um, I used to, as a kid, (laughs) thought that they cut the eyelid so that he could see through the eyelid. (laughs) I thought you'd never seen this before. No, they, this is a real thing. Cutting cutting is a real thing so boxers and fighters can see. Oh, they you're don't, saying in general. Yeah, I thought I thought they did it so that <laughs> you could see through the cut in the eyelid. No, it's just stupid, stupid little kid. Um, the, uh, the blood that comes out of the eyelid looks like such fake red paint. I, mean, I don't know. I, I didn't notice it too much. Maybe it was your version you were watching. It looks worse watching it in like 4k um actually i did i knowing that we were going to do this i bought the entire blu-ray rocky set um i'm glad i did so fight ends and apollo says to him in his ear ain't gonna be no rematch and rocky says i don't want one which is funny because the rocky 2 spoiler i think apollo just wants a rematch the whole time um it's a split decision, and then you can barely hear who wins as he because the movie focuses <clears throat> on Adrian and his love for Adrian. Because yeah. what you said, this movie is more of a love story, yeah. right? So she runs into the ring, Rocky, I love you, and then you know it's like, oh, no, they're gonna get married. You um, have to explain to me what a split decision is and how they decided to do this. All right, so in boxing, every round the judges score them basically ten nine. It can be in like, you know, 10 is the guy who won that round. And it can be like a 10-8 if someone really gets their ass kicked. Um, So a split, there are three judges. So a split decision means all three judges didn't go the same way. So two of the judges said that Apollo won and one judge said Rocky won, which means Apollo wins. So that's what a split decision is versus a unanimous decision if all three judges said that one boxer won. So it's majority rules, and it just so happens to be that that Apollo won majority? Yeah, and so the they call it a split decision just to show you like how close it was, because I think I read that it was like 8-7 uh, for Apollo, 8-7 for Rocky, and then the last judge was 9-6 for Apollo, which we got to investigate that 9-6 judge on what, what the fuck he was doing. I, I guess, because like, I mean, is eye-cutting a legal thing, or you can't really do that? I don't know anymore. I mean, it used to. They used to do it all the time, according to movies yeah. I've watched. I just um, don't know because it looked like so. It looked like to me that Rocky had like if they went another round, Rocky could have had um, Apollo beat because of his ribs, and he kept going for him too. Like after that initial rib punch, he kept going for his ribs, and that's what kept putting him out. Yeah, I um, I think one thing the movie does is that we don't see rounds like three through twelve. So yeah, you like, like we don't we don't know who won. We do see him break his nose for like after like what the second round after that punch yeah. out he broke his nose, um, and that's why Stallone looks the way he does now. But yeah. uh, the <laughs> and talks the way he does now. I was actually so surprised to see such a young Stallone not really look like the way we would like look, imagine Stallone now. 
not just because he's younger, just like, and he talks in a better way. But I was just kind of surprised that a lot of that has to do with his age, I guess. Age, various pharmaceuticals he might have taken to change his body in enhanced ways. Sure. Yeah. Um, overall, I like, I, I don't know. I never had the, I was never like, I need to watch the Rocky movies. I do think now I'm like, I'm committed to, to watch them. Um, you know, cause I had seen in 2011, I saw the best fighting movie ever. That was warrior. I was going to ask you to compare this to warrior, but I think, I think war is just a better movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think so too. And it's not um, having anything to do with like how bad Rocky is. I think Rocky is a, a great movie. I just think the way some things are done in warrior is just like, it's a, and it's more of a fighting movie too. It's way more focused on the fighting. Yeah, I mean this. This is still like a great movie, but I do think it's it's just the legacy of these movies is interesting. That this one Best Picture it was the highest grossing movie of that year, but I think two, three, four are just more beloved at this point. And have you seen Creed? I saw Creed. Uh, I've seen Creed one and Creed two. So I've only seen Creed one, and I watched it on on uh, an airplane. That barely counts. Uh, but I really liked it. I thought like, I, I can actually barely remember it. It was so long ago, but I remember really liking it and having this like strong emotional connection with, with the character. Um, but now watching Rocky, like a compare and contrast and people saying, Oh, Creed is the better movie. I think only because it's standing on the shoulders of the Rocky franchise. I mean, I think technical, like technically it is a better movie, but it has all this history behind Rocky and you have similar things too, where Michael B. Jordan's going after Tessa Thompson the entire time. Like he's going after Adrian. So you have that parallel love story, but it's, it's done in a bit of a different way and he loses too. So it's, that's done the same way. (laughs) So some interesting things. One, this film takes place between November 25th and January 1st. So January 1st is the day of the fight. So new year's day, I don't know why Apollo's like this is such a like an important day in American history. It's like it's just the first day of the year. That's not I did George Washington cross the Delaware on January first. I don't no, know my history that well but, anymore. But the fact that he comes out as George Washington and then Uncle Sam and then like all the bravado with like, the hat and the pants and everything being American flag and stuff, it's like we in America, probably because Eastern countries have a different New Year's than us, but America definitely celebrates the fuck out of New Year's Day more than like anyone else who has that day as their new like way more than Europe or South America. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would think Thanksgiving would be more of an American holiday than New Year's, but whatever. So Stallone originally wanted Harvey Keitel for the Polly part. Um. Susan Sarandon auditioned, but they said she was too noticeably hot to play the role because she would then like, you know, the reveal wouldn't be as good. I agree. Uh, Cher was considered for the role of Adrian, which I think would have worked. But then also, again, like, I don't think you can hide how hot Cher was back then. Um, And Cher's like, Cher has very um, distinguishable features um, that would be harder to like hide behind glasses and hair. Yep. 
Uh, Stallone is one of two people to have been the sole writer of an original sc- screenplay, also star in it, and be nominated for Oscars for both the writing and the movie. Uh, the other person is Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator. So I always think of those two great. sort of synonymously like of in the same sentence. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Rocky's great. I don't think you needed to listen to this for uh, to know that. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, one, you shouldn't listen to this first. Although, like, that, you know, it's funny when, when we, were, we were talking about this before I finished it. I was like, I already know how it ends. Like, I know that he loses the fight, but he morally wins by being able to have, you know, survived and like putting up a good fight. So, but Rocky's great and it's going to spawn me watching the rest of them. So, you know, kudos for that. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks for listening to us uh, talking about Rocky, even though you've probably no need to. We appreciate it. And Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David and Alan, and we finally watched Rocky. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-